0: Welcome in, everybody. It is Dog Nation's Before the hedges, brought to you by Kroger. That's my theme music each and every week, brought, brought to you by Cortez. Been real. I uh, really appreciate uh, him uh, lending his talent to our show each and every week on the podcast. Pretty cool thing. Guys, we've got a show for everybody tonight. Let's talk about a lot of things. Uh, this show, you know, this is what we're going to call it kind of the big tease. We're going to have... We're going to have some big news, kind of interesting news for five-star Georgia target Josh Petty. We're going to discuss the recent uh, new hires for for Georgia with Josh Crawford and also uh, the rehire of James Coley. We're going to listen. We're going to have a great interview packages, not only with Josh Petty but Milton High wide receiver CJ Wiley and Warner Robbins defensive end the Demon Isaiah Gibson number ninety nine. Those three guys were also at the Under Armour camp, kind of ser- continuing our series of uh, Dog Nation conversations with each of those guys. But to start things off with your big five each and every week, welcome in, sit down, pop open your favorite be- beverage. This is Before the Hedges time on Dog Nation, and we're going to start tonight's show with potentially some seismic changes to the recruiting calendar. There are proposed legislation going on in Indianapolis right now. Funny how everything's happening in Indy right now, uh, where the oversight committee for NCAA recruiting is looking at some hypotheticals. And what they're doing is it's direct feedback from the college coaches about how December was just a flippant mess. If you remember, uh, the top 25s came out, uh, the final final regular season polls after the conference title games – the next day, the transfer portal window opened. Two weeks later, it was early signing day. Well, there's some legislation coming down the pipe now that's kind of going to try to remedy some of that a little bit. And you know when the NCA tries to do anything, they get a little heavy-handed and maybe it becomes an overcorrection. But let's take a look at what we're talking about right now. One of these things, guys, I'm going to tell you, it is a little overblown and unnecessary. What they're talking about, this is a tweet, story broken by Pete Thamel of ESPN.com. They're meeting this week to discuss calendar changes. Now, here, listening in real close is what they're talking about. Late Wednesday in June, the Wednesday following the regular season, that's going to replace the early signing period on the third Wednesday of December and then the first Wednesday in February. Now, let's take a, take a look at that. Let's kind of dial in that a little bit more. You see what they're trying to do. Uh, it's going to be a three- or seven-day calendar period beginning the last weekend, weekend Wednesday of June. The second period is a three- to seven-calendar day period. Beginning the Wednesday following the last FBS regular season game. Got a problem with that one. Got a problem with the first one as well. Not as big a problem as the second one. And then you've got a regular NIL period, which is you know, National Letter of Intent period, which is the first Wednesday in February through April the 4th. That's kind of April the 1st. That's kind of the traditional period there. That's not much of a change. But what they're trying to do, and it is a reflection of the new, the new, basically, all the recruiting tries to take place, unless you're a big shot, unless you're a really good football player, they're going to try and get the recruiting done between April and July. Really, the whole month of June now is official visit season. The whole month of July is turned into commitment season. Uh, July is a dead period except for the last weekend in July where visitors can come out. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to see them take this, some of these changes and just kind of move it in a better direction. I think you should have one signing period, and that should be uh, maybe late July, right before the start of the high school season. I like the way that feels right there. And then you should have the one, maybe make that one uh, right after the conference title games where guys can get get in early before the transfer portal period opens up, so and, folks, it's only going to get more complicated because you're going to have teams that are alive in the 12-team playoff. Can you imagine the Armageddon it would be for some coaches to say, to heck with this, if they're trying to win playoff games and they're hosting playoff games while they're trying to lock down recruits? Remember how Georgia had to rally in the last two weeks for K.J. Bolden? And while while at the same time looking into the transfer portal and not only that trying to prevent and retain their players from the portal – Here's what I think you need to do. You need to give an out clause to that early signing period. Let them do it for, for their senior years because the guys that are done, they can be done. They can concentrate on senior year. College coaches don't have to worry about continuing to call them two or three times. So you're seeing a lot – two or three times per week. So you're seeing a lot of kind of radical changes to the calendar. Uh, we've seen recently where the the they've abolished the cookie cakes where you can't have the cookie cake and – all the candy and power aids and treats inside your inside your hotel room anymore. It gotten to the point where some uh, recruiting staffs would have to book the night the rooms a day in advance prior to the when the recruit arrived, just so they can get the recruits ready. You can only take the uh, the photo shoot now and official gear on your official visit. That's saving a lot of manpower in the infrastructure of the recruiting machine. And now you've got this. I think. More and more decisions are being made in the summer. Give them the ability to make that decision in the summer. Then also give them the ability to make that decision perhaps right after the conference championship games, although that's going to be a wrinkle there with the high school season as well because just think about the state of Georgia in the GHSA playoffs, for instance. You'd have guys committing and signing uh, during the second period now while they're still trying to win a GHSA state title. I know a lot of high school coaches aren't going to like that distraction in their prep week, maybe that's the second, maybe that's the third or fourth round of the GSA bracket, right there. So it's not perfect. All those models, all those scenarios, you got to give them an out clause. And the out clause would be if your if your head coach moves on or if your position coach moves on, something changes with the situation. You had an early signing to, uh, then the then the young men, the athletes would also have the ability to opt out of their previous commitment as well. That's what I think is happening there. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that uh, recruiting calendar, how it would change some things. I think it would make things a lot easier. I think it would condense the recruiting period. It would kind of get rid of the crossover between conference championships and travel and travel for college football playoff games, prep for college football playoff games, and also that um, magnificent – transfer portal season that happens in December and January now. Interesting to, the, to see the NCA trying to do something about that. That's because they were so much feedback about how the system is breaking and it is a, it was at a crisis point with everything that was going on last December and that was before the college football playoff gets added to the gumbo right there. So they got a lot of stuff to fix. It's good that they're being they're being proactive and trying to fix it before the 2024 seasons arrive. All right, that's number one on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Welcome in. Glad you guys are hanging out, guys. Go hit up your local Kroger each and every week. Uh, they got what you want. They got what you need. Uh, you're going to start to see Easter baskets and stuff like that shop showing up in the shopping aisles there. You know your local Kroger will have it all right there. Um, next up on Before the Hedges, let's put up two fingers right here on Before the Hedges. Our next segment we're going to talk about is this is the defensive end, the in-state defensive end that Georgia really likes. I'm talking about uh, in-state edge Isaiah Gibson at Warner Robins. You're going to see an interview here with him. He's going to mention the name Victor a lot. He's talking about Vic Burley right there. Vic Burley was a former Warner Robins defensive end that he played with who's now at Clemson. That's one of the two official visits that, uh, that Gibson has set up. He's got it for the early part of July, late June, excuse me, June and late May there with Isaiah Gibson. Gibson's talking all things dogs. I want you to check out his outfit and his gear. You want to hear from the number two edge in the country right now, according to on3.com, then it's time to hear from Isaiah Gibson here on Before the Hedges. what sticks out to you about Georgia and how they're recruiting you?
1: Uh, I would say mostly the coaching staff and how they run the program for sure.
0: Does it change the way they maybe amped up their recruitment in you? Has it been constant nah. or is it jacked up a little bit?
1: Nah, I feel like Georgia's the the top priority. They're the top dog, so they're going to uh, recruit the top people, and I feel like I'm one of the top people regardless. What do they say you, they want you? What do they value in your game? Uh, they mostly I, uh, value my edge rushing, my bend, my speed for sure.
0: What does Uzo tell you? What does Uzo talk to you about? What's that relationship like with Coach Daribe?
1: Oh, uh, it's amazing. You know, so I talked to Coach Daribe before I came today. You know what I'm saying? It's always, I haven't, like, I've always talked to Coach Scott, but this is my, like, first year actually talking to Coach Daribe. Coach Daribe, he even came to my school after I uh, went visited in January. So I feel like, you know what I'm saying, me and Coach Drea have a very tight relationship. You know, what I'm saying? he just went on a vacation in Miami with his wife and stuff. So we talked about that too. So it was just all good about the relationships.
0: You got the slides. You wore the jacket. Is you trying to send a message? I book bag you? too. Book bag too, huh? <laughs> Why'd you get all geared up today for that?
1: Hey, you know what I'm saying? Just,
0: Is that showing respect for the way they're recruiting you a little bit? For
1: sure, for sure, it got to. That's that's respect.
0: So when you think of the dogs and the way they're recruiting you, what comes to mind? What's the words that come to mind? Dog greatness, league dog. Football's hard, man. I don't want to ask you a human being question because mm-hmm. you're more than a tool to win a football game. Mm-hmm. Why do you play, man? When it gets hard, what do you what do you dig deep and find?
1: Um, I honestly play the, like, I want to, like, I want to say this, like, uh, I want to say I, I want to make a name for myself. Because, you know, I had good people around me, you know what I'm saying, for my ninth grade year. I had a, We had an amazing deal on our ninth grade, my ninth grade year. You know what I'm saying? Vic has been also, like, a great role model for me. You know what I'm saying? I just want to like, cause everybody knows Vic, but now everybody's starting to know me. Like, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to leave a name for myself. You know what I'm saying? And I also want to have my mom. I want to have my mom like sitting on the pallet somewhere. So, and that's like football really takes me like my mind away from everything. So, yeah.
0: Isaiah, what was your height and weight today? What did they have you at?
1: Um, they have me at six two thirty eight. I recently dropped because I got like really sick. I had like food poisoning, so I got dropped the weight. But I'm gonna get it back like in the next two
0: weeks. Where's a normal playing weight for you? Uh, like two fifty five, two sixty. Said any officials yet? What have you figured out yet?
1: Uh, I know I'm going to Clemson for sure uh, the first week of June, and I'm going to try to go to Georgia the second or third week, and I know I'm going to Oklahoma, Oregon the fourth
0: week. Isaiah, thanks, man. For sure. Appreciate you. Right. Good stuff there from Isaiah Gibson. Couple takeaways from that. A few takeaways, actually. First of all, tell you how hard it is to be a life of a college coach. He's talking about Chidera Uzo Deribe right there, the Georgia outside linebackers coach kind of also known as the Wolfpack coach there in Athens. And he's on a vacation in Miami with his wife, and he is still calling recruits. Can you guys imagine how that goes? I know how that would go with my lovely bride. It'd be like, all right, honey, I'm going to go to the ice machine and get some ice. I'm going to get some snacks. I'm going to take a quick walk, get my steps in. Meanwhile, you, or you say, I'm going to go down and get on the treadmill. I'm going to get on the bike. Meanwhile, you're calling a, a number two edge in the country, a guy that had – I believe he had 17 sacks last year as a junior, and get this, an impressive 51 quarterback pressures there. Uh, that's a guy. Another interesting little thing about there about Isaiah. You saw him wearing the gear. He had a backpack. He had slides. He had a Georgia pullover on. So he wanted to represent. He wanted to show respect for to Georgia for how they're recruiting him. You hear what he said there. When he thinks of Georgia, he thinks of greatness. He thinks of league bound. He's got official visits set. I mentioned this earlier in our kind of prelude to the package. He's going to see Clemson May 31st, June 2nd. His former high school teammate, Vic Burley, Warner Robins, went to Clemson. So Clemson's really in it. Georgia's really in it. He set up Georgia for the second weekend of June. And then he's going to see Oregon and Oklahoma also. Kind of ballpark that around the third, fourth week of June right there for Isaiah. Very interesting. You know, there's a lot of edge targets um, Georgia likes. There's Darren Akinabong out of uh, Hillside, New Jersey. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, you've got Jared Smith. You saw him last week on Hedges. You've got Zion Grady. You saw him last week on Hedges. And it's kind of interesting. I think the recruiting services kind of got this right. What Gibson showed us, and I'm just going to speak purely uh, opinion-based as a scout here, as a, as a talent talent person right there, Gibson showed me a little bit more. He was a little bit more impressive uh, than Grady and Smith were at the Under Armour camp. And you see hit on three actually moved him up to the nation's number two edge. Uh, Zion Grady, you saw his overall rankings in the composites drop a little bit. The same thing for Jared Smith. So you see how uh, Gibson articulated that Georgia has made him feel like a priority for a while and that Georgia's the top dog. Interesting how Georgia had been talking, uh, he'd mostly been talking to uh, – Travion Scott, defensive end, defensive line type guy during his recruitment. But recently, Georgia has transitioned him to Chadira Uzo Deribe, which is a big sign that they think he can play out there on the edge, be a big pass rush threat for the dogs as well. So different, you know, it's a different switch, but that's an upside for Isaiah because it changes the way they value him. Uh, He's an 84-inch wingspan, big wingspan, one of those California condors-like coming off the edge, screaming off the edge. Fifty-one pressures. Warner Robbins does not play uh, cupcakes down there in Middle Georgia. So if you can get fifty-one pressures uh, at Warner Robbins and seventeen sacks, you're doing something. I love this stat. His catapult number uh, was tracked this year, GPS-wise, in a game at eighteen point six miles per hour. That's pretty good for a six foot four plus two hundred fifty-five pound. Uh, Edge defensive end prospect right there. So that right there, guys, that was uh, number two. Our first Dog Nation conversation that was with Isaiah Gibson. Now let's move on to number three uh, uh, in, our show, in our in our big three right now. And we want to talk wide receivers. We want to talk about a young man at Milton High School. Here's I'm going to set this up for you. He had 68 catches, 1470 yards, 14 touchdowns for the 7A state champions at Milton High School. That was his first season there with the Eagles. He was coached by the great Terrence Edwards. And you've got a lot of stuff to like about him. The Dog Nation story that's going to come out of this tomorrow, you're going to read about work ethic. You're going to read about respect. But also, he has an SEC and NFL bloodline. Everybody remember uh, Chuck Wiley, the former LSU Bengal Tiger, former NFL, former NFL Atlanta Falcon, I believe. Well, that C.J. Wiley is his son. His mom was also a – a track athlete at LSU, so you've got a good DNA, good background there. You want to learn more about C.J. Wiley, a guy that James Coley has already quickly reached out to since he became the wide receivers coach again at the University of Georgia. I want you to come for the thoughts and the feedback from C.J. Wiley on Georgia, but I also want you to watch his highlight tape that's all over this package right here. C.J. Wiley, you know what he does, man? He catches touchdowns and big-time explosive touchdowns. They call him C4 for a reason. That's because that young man is explosive. Check it out right now on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Wylie Milton High School. Um, does a guy on receiver like you remember your stats? Sixty-seven catches, fourteen hundred seventy yards, fourteen touchdowns. I mean, you got to remember some of that stuff, right? Yes. Sir. What do those numbers say about you?
2: I mean, I wouldn't say like uh, like they were great because I could still like do better, work on some still st- 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 work on some stuff. But yeah, I still like work to improve. But those those numbers were pretty good that season.
0: Did you have goals set that high for the season? Did you think if I told you before your junior year that you were going to go that hard?
2: Uh, yes, sir, I did have some goals set before that year, and I reached them.
0: Pretty good. So. Um, Terrence Edwards, how much of a difference has he made in your game?
2: Uh, he, he made a real big difference. When I first came here, he like, really developed me to where I am right now, so yeah.
0: Cj, you're one of the top receivers in the state of Georgia. Um, I think you're still top 25 in the country, maybe. Does a guy like you pay attention to rankings at all? Do you do? You, does it motivate you? Do you care? Do you notice it? Like, what sort of role do those play in your in your head at all?
2: Uh, Rankings—they don't really mean anything to me because at, at the end of the day, I know who I am. I know who, what I'm capable of doing. So yeah, it don't it don't really matter to
0: me. Like, what are you looking for in the right school?
2: I want like a, a school that I can get a good major in a coach a coach that can develop me on out the field. A good relationship with the coaches and the players, and a winning team.
0: Your dad played college football in LSU. How is that a blessing? Is that a burden? Is that helpful advice from somebody that's played at the highest level? How do you use that?
2: Oh, it's helpful advice because he can like help me on some things. Where like tell me what to do, like what things I got to do to get to the next level. So yeah.
0: What do you feel? How do you feel about Georgia? How do you feel about how, the way Georgia is recruiting you? How are they recruiting you, and how do you feel about the way they're doing it? Uh. For right now, uh Georgia's they're
2: recruiting me pretty hard right now. Uh I got a good relationship with most of the coaches and, yeah.
0: So I think Coach Smart and Coach B Mac came by your school, yeah. they invited you to junior day and they told you they they want you. Like why do they want you? Like what do they see in your game that can help the Bulldogs win?
2: I mean really they said I really check in all the boxes that they have on me, so yeah.
0: What do you like best about Georgia? The opportunity you have to play
2: there? Oh they're a winning team. They win.
0: You visited uh, Junior Day with Travis Smith Jr. at Westlake. You know Ethan Barbour pretty well. You guys used to play together at Alpharetta. What would it be like if you guys all were together, man? Would that be, like, very hard for a defensive coordinator to deal with? Like, have you thought about it yet? Like, maybe all you guys playing together? Yes, sir. That would be
2: probably unstoppable because you got two big dudes on the outside, a good tight end on the inside.
0: You got a good Ethan story. You've played with him for a long time. What what do people need to know about Ethan? What kind of dude is he? Oh, a dog. Is he? Sir. Why do you say that? You say it, matter of fact, like he's a I dog? Played, I played with him in middle
2: school. Yeah, dog. Yeah.
0: What is what is Georgia getting in him? And you say dog. Is that just a physical fighter that loves to make plays and we'll mix it up and we'll do inside yeah. drill and yeah, one on one? Yeah,
2: physical fighter. He can do one on ones. So,
0: yeah. Um, what was your favorite part of the Georgia Junior Day visit?
2: Uh, probably talking with Coach Smart at the basketball game. We got a talk and taking pictures.
0: What did Coach Mark say?
2: Uh, he was just talking about uh, how he wants you, how you feel like filling all the boxes and how like watch your game from last year and like your growth and development from this year. So yeah.
0: How will you be better in 2024?
2: Uh, I'm gonna keep training. Uh, I'm running track right now, so that'll give me faster. I'm in the weight room with Coach Woods, so it'll get me stronger, so yeah.
0: How uh, how what what distances do you run? 200, 400?
2: Uh, I'm a one and two. I run the relays, too, 4x1, 4x2, 4x4, sometimes 4x4. Four four.
0: Is the goal to get underneath, to get a 10 in front of your time this year? Uh,
2: yes, sir. I'm going for a 10, 5, uh, low 21, and a 47 in 400. Wow.
0: Uh, what's your favorite part about playing football, favorite part of the game?
2: Uh, Probably scoring touchdowns, Um, getting to celebrate with teammates, and yeah.
0: C4. Now, C4 is a type of explosive. Obviously, C yeah. is your first name. But four is your jersey number. Where does that come from? And people called you C four for a while.
2: Oh, uh, actually, Ethan gave it a uh, nickname in middle school, like six, seven grade So yeah, I just went by C four.
0: Good job, Ethan Barboy. That kid, that kid's a character. Yeah. <laughs> CJ Wiley, man. Certainly appreciate your time. Certainly, thank, appreciate you hanging out with me today.
2: So thank you,
0: thank you. Isn't that funny? I tell you what. Some might think we have a lot of uh, extensive staging for our interviews. sometime. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I started talking to CJ. The state championship trophy for GHSA 7A was right there, so I was like, "Hold on, let me do that." It'll never get that easy. They they just had the state championship trophy sitting on the conference table in the coach's office. That's pretty funny. Where where the coaches eat lunch? They were they were eating lunch right next to the, uh, you know, I guess NHL teams in the Stanley Cup. I think the Milton High staff they just want to eat eat some food. They had some king cake out there that was brought in from Louisiana. It really tasted good. Had like a raspberry kind of swirl to it. Uh, Man, that was... Living right there at Milton. Let me tell you a little bit about that. Um, Really cool to see C.J. Wiley there. Uh, He's running track. He told me that um, he's one of those things. He's running the 100, the 200, a lot of relays. So far, he's 22.5 in the 200 and a 50.6 in the 400. Just getting started. Uh, Those times are going to drop. The more he runs, the Warmer it gets. But this is a stat. A lot of things to love about C.J. Wiley. It sounds like the dogs are already back in it. Coley reached out and told him he's going to continue to recruit him and he's going to build that connection. He'd already spoken to him before. Uh, Coley had been recruiting some of his teammates. His former Milton High teammate was at one time committed to Texas A&M before eventually signing with South Carolina. But this is what I like about C.J. Wiley. He moves over from Alpharetta, takes a little bit. Look at this. I, I went through his story. His stat chart, his sheet, his production for last year. He went through the first seven games of his junior year never having a 100-yard game. Now, they got a lot of weapons over there. They probably got three Division I wide receivers there. They ever had one that went on to South Carolina. They got a quarterback in Luke Nickel that's committed to Miami. But you saw those highlights. I'm going to tell you, this is how C.J. Wiley went bonkers. Look at this. Week 8, 254 yards receiving. Week 9, 183. Week 10, 90. Week 11, 97. Week 12, 174. Week 13, 46. Week 14, 136. And week 15, 45. That tells me that a lot of smart coaches saw that game film and saw how uh, Milton was winning games and putting teams away in the playoffs and in the second season, and they worked on some brackets. They worked on some over-the-tops. They got their best corner over to deal with C.J. Wiley and uh, his other teammates that are benefited in a state championship season there for C.J. Wiley. NFL bloodline, LSU father bloodline as well. Sounds like the Georgia Bulldogs have made him feel like a priority. Did you hear he talked about the connection he has with Ethan Barbour, his former high school teammate, the guy that gave him that C4 nickname, and then also how much he would like to play with Travis Smith Jr. as well. Both Travis, as you've seen on the show recently, recent interviews, and C.J. Wiley are uh, students, pupils uh, of – the Great Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy, so really cool. I wanted to give you guys a good, good look, a good listen to another priority Georgia wide receiver target for the twenty twenty five class here on before the hedges. Next up, we got another Dog Nation conversation. You want to talk? You want to? You want to listen in and learn from a five star? Let's do that right now. But first, let me set this up. Josh Petty uh, was on his way to winning the state title in wrestling. He suffered an avulsion fracture in his hip in the middle. He was ahead on points, and he suffered a hip fracture. Very painful. He said on a scale of 1 to 10, it was probably an 8. One of the most painful sports injuries he'd ever experienced, and he lost the state title. Uh, bad news there. Good news there is a hip avulsion fracture sounds pretty bad. He's only going to be out about six to eight weeks. He'll be ready to go for spring practice. The other thing he's got to do is he's got to put on weight. He was you know, obviously wrestling. You, you drop a lot of weight to wrestle. He was down to 255, so now he is on a whew, good gosh Shamati Joe Friday. That's the only way I can say it. He has got a granddaddy long legs type uh, nutrition plan ahead of him. The goal is to put on 30 pounds by the fall, get up to 285. That's where the college coaches want to see him, and he's going to do so by ingesting, and I guess that's the only way to describe it about 400 grams of protein per day, and a almost 7,000-per-day calorie diet. It's really hard to get in a caloric deficit when you're going over 7,6500 calories per day. Uh, Josh Petty, you want to know how he feels about the dogs? You want to know about Tennessee, which was his dream school growing up, and Auburn? You want to know about all those things? Of course you do. That's what Before the Hedges Brought to You Kroger is all about. Let's listen to Josh Petty right now on Hedges. Josh Petty, Fellowship Christian, uh, fresh off a of silver medal performance,
3: uh, yes, number and-
0: two in the state in uh, Class Two A, Fellowship Christian. Your senior, your junior year on the mat didn't end the way you wanted it to. Can you briefly describe? Like, I guess you got a bad taste in your mouth, but. There's some good news. I guess a little bit at the end of the rainbow there.
3: Uh, yes, sir. So uh, sadly, I injury forfeited while up on points in my final match in wrestling. I avulsion uh, fractured my hip and I'll be out for six to eight weeks. But um, hey, it's going to happen. Injuries are a part of football. That's what life is, and
0: so I've just got to come back better. Uh, I, I think you've got an interesting story about how you're going to get to two eighty-five. Hopefully by your senior year. Yes, sir. That means like. 25, 30 pounds, maybe, or something like that. How are you going to do it? Sounds like you got a very, very laid-out plan and philosophy about how to do it.
3: Uh, I think it starts right there with counting your calories. Uh, as soon as and uh, the off, in the season, I try to, but as soon as the off-season starts, I'm really counting my calories, digging down on what I'm eating. You know, forcing more food in my body, higher protein intakes, protein shakes at night. Just trying to keep and stack weight on.
0: You've got an you've got an impressive goal. A mathematician might enjoy your your goal. 100 grams of protein, 350 grams of protein, 6,000, 6,500, 7,000 calories a day. How does one go about doing that? You must slug back like three protein shakes a day. Uh,
3: yeah. I mean, there's a protein shake in the morning. There's a protein shake with lunch. There's a protein shake with lunch before dinner. And then there's a nightly protein shake that you take. And that's that's a lot of calories. That one, big calories, big protein, a lot of a lot of stuff in that.
0: Why do the coaches tell you they want you when they look at your film and they say you'd be great for us
3: because of X, Y, and Z? What do they say? So one of the big points is my length and my arms. I have an 84-inch reach, and uh, I have very long arms. You know, I move my feet very quick. I keep up with guys well. Uh, Academics, player development, spiritual development, and a coach that I can get along with. Yes, sir, it's been great. Uh, They started recruiting me. Early on, I believe they're about my thirteenth offer, and uh it was been awesome, you know hearing up, growing up, you always hear about the bulldogs, you know they had won the back to back national championship, so of course, the first part receiving that offer just that offer felt great, and then uh keeping up connections, knowing that they are a guy that want me to play for them, and the way they recruit has been really awesome. This recruiting process has been special with them for sure um It's just how well they do it. You know, Coach Smart's out there. He's an active coach. He's laying into everybody. He's making sure that, you know, he wants those guys to get better. And I can see why they're winning national championships.
0: Is the the way they win and they develop, are those the biggest things that stick out to you about Georgia?
3: Yeah, I'd probably say, yes, sir. Uh, Auburn's a great school. Their O-line coach right there, he sticks out to me a lot. He's built a great relationship with me. And uh, he's very good at what he does. And I've seen, you know, his – History, as well as the um, people at Auburn. They seem like they really care, and they're really awesome around there. How about Rocky Top? Rocky Top? I grew up a Tennessee fan, actually, so, um, you know, that's special about them. But um, just what they've been doing with that offense, I mean, that's been really sticking out to me. I've seen, you know, how successful they've been and how they've been doing it.
0: Josh, you're a sharp and analytical kid. What's something about the recruiting process that most folks don't get or they wouldn't understand until they're in the middle of it like you are? Yeah.
3: Um, you you gotta see through it sometimes, you know, coaches are gonna say a lot of things, they're gonna say everything they want and can to get you there. But talking to the players and really looking into the school and seeing, you know, what those facts mean and if those facts are actually true, it's really crucial. Uh, wrestling's great. Uh, I recommend every young football player to do it. Uh, first of all with leverage, you know, understanding, especially with linemen, hand fighting, you know, learning to be aggressive with your hands, learning to play some hard. And, uh, yeah, it's been good as well as, like, movement and, you know, learning how to bend, stay physical, stuff like that.
0: Pretty cool stuff there. Uh, like So, Josh Petty, five-star offensive tackle. I think he's the number three offensive tackle in the country. Uh, kind of similar storyline there with David Sanders, Jr. at Providence Day in Charlotte, the number one offensive tackle in the class. And they both got to throw in some weight. Like, Georgia's kind of got a habit of taking that 350-pound guy, three 350- hundred. 55-pound guy, getting him down to 320, 330 to play. But they've done it before. They've done it with guys like, I mean, even a guy like Dylan Fairchild who also wrestled to play interior offensive line. But, you know, the name that kind of sticks out there is Broderick Jones. I think of Broderick Jones a lot when I try to evaluate Josh Petty and also David Sanders Jr. Because Broderick was about 260, 270 in his junior year as well. He played a lot of basketball, shot a lot of threes, uh, threw down a lot. So he was a guy that – when he got to Georgia, Georgia got him up to three twenty. By the time he was finally playing, that they'll pack that calories on. And folks, we got to talk about this. I, I I know I started in football mode and everything else like that, but can you imagine? Like, I, as as most of men of a certain age, fathers trying to avoid the dad bod, we we try to get that protein shake and we try to get like I mean I've got a shake where I can get like thirty two grams of protein in one shake, and that's a meal replacement for sure. And, The thought of having to do that ten times in the day, twelve times in the day, to get to four hundred grams of protein, three hundred fifty to four hundred, it's unfathomable. And can you imagine getting to seven thousand calories in a day? Like that would be just like constantly. I mean, I mean, people are going to say, "I'm just going to go wolf down twelve donuts from Krispy Kreme," but you can't do that. And uh, you know, I've never heard of this concept before. But if we had to rewind the tape there on Josh Petty. Did you hear him? How we would say you got your lunch, and then you got your second lunch before dinner, and then you got your dinner, which includes your protein shake at night. Um, second lunches, I guess you're eating like a Georgia offensive lineman target when you're having your second lunch uh, in the afternoon. That's pretty cool stuff. There, always good to talk to Josh Petty. Really rare, uh, big time power two college football prospect at a Fellowship Christian in Roswell. Gets great grades, 4.1 GPA. His mom's actually from Poland. His dad played uh, DQ football at, uh, I believe, uh, Moorhead State, and then he went to Morehouse for grad school. Uh, so really cool stuff there with Josh Petty. Really analytical kid, really sharp kid. And, you know, you wouldn't know he had a hip avulsion fracture because he had like a he had like a little cane. He had like a one brace type thing, but he was already off that. He was kind of walking around in our interview, and it's like, man – to be like two weeks, ten days, eight days outside of a hip fracture, doing pretty good right there. Really cool stuff there with Josh Petty. Always thank, thankful to him for his time and also for Coach John Thompson at Fellowship Christian as well. Good folks over there. Last but not least, five fingers up. Kind of what I kind of thought, you know, was kind of one of the bigger stories. Georgia has never had to replace a running backs coach and a wide receivers coach in the month of. Uh, February, like they've done recently, replacing the jobs for BMAC to the NFL and Dell McGee to uh, Georgia State. Big losses there, but really good pass for those coaches, those you know, highly respected young men, highly respected by the young men across the state um, and the coaches across the state as well for the way they do their job and the, not only how they do the job but the way they go about it. <clears throat> really cool there. Now Georgia. <clears throat> Excuse me. Georgia is faced with the prospect of, you know, filling those roles right now, and I think right now, it's going to be harder for uh, Josh Crawford, and I mean that not just because James Coley has has done uh, has done this before, has recruited this level for Georgia, knows how to do it, knows what the coach coaching staff knows what Kirby wants. It's because Crawford's got. I mean, guys, Dell just knew how to cook on the recruiting trail. I give a couple examples. We're going to talk about them on the top targets. I'm moving one name off the top targets I had. I believe I had him on off the list because I think it will just be about impossible for Georgia to rally to come from maybe third or fourth right now with uh Aquilan, you know, Henderson, the A-train Alvin Henderson out of Elba, uh, Alabama. I think Georgia and the relationship with Dell, Dell have been cooking on that relationship for over a year. And he's still kind of like Florida State, he's still kind of like in-state Auburn a little bit better. And I think it's going to be impossible uh, for Josh Crawford to come in and win that one. And then the other thing you got to think about um, a guy that most of the recruiting industry we profiled him a couple of weeks ago on before the hedges had uh, a, a Kylan Deer going to Ole Miss, and but Dell had been cooking there for as well. He'd been sending Bible verses. He'd been building a relationship for well over a year. And for Josh Crawford to come in and kind of replace that in a short cycle for him at least, where he doesn't have the time he needed to kind of build a relationship like that. Now, sure, you could say he's going to have at least five or six months, depending on what the NCAA does with that early signing date, but going to be really hard to make that up the way Dell recruited, especially when Georgia just signed three All American running backs a year ago and they've already got one running back commitment and Bo Walker as well. So it's going to be really hard for Josh Crawford to have a year where he just goes bonkers on the trail and everybody goes, all right, that was your huge home run there. I think, you know, Coley's going to do what Coley does, but Coley's going to have the disadvantage of the best players at wide receiver now. Uh, There are extra incentives and inducements that are necessary. I mean, that might be Coley's reaction when he, when he sees some of those numbers that, some of the nation's top top wide receivers are getting now to play that position, and Georgia just I don't think I don't think they will play that game with NIL, especially with a high school wide receiver. Georgia's kind of trajectory now is they go get transfer portal receivers that are plug and play that have already shown that they could play at a high level of football in the SEC or in another conference, like you know Colby Young with the the ACC, uh, moving forward as well. So interesting to see Georgia re- replace both of those. I'm going to give them incredible acumen for the way they recruit, their relationships across the state. I just feel like it's going to be a little bit harder for uh, both of those guys uh, to make an impact, especially for different reasons. I think Coley would be well served if he can sign a guy like Travis Smith Jr. Sounds like things are going great there. And then also C.J. Wiley, two really good in-state wide receivers when the Peach State normally doesn't provide that level of receiver talent inside the borders of the state of Georgia. think that'll be helpful. I think those guys are also guys that won't command that high, 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 high top dollar there for uh, their services coming in out of high school uh, from collectives and everything else like that. Want to kind of take that thought, and I, we always are all about engagement here on Before the Hedge is brought to you by Kroger, and that leads us to our question of the week. My question of the week for you guys is, you've heard me talk about Coley. You've heard, me talk about, you've heard me talk about Josh Crawford, and already I've heard a lot of great things about Josh Crawford from some of the recruits that he's already been talking to. But my question is this. For you guys, which one of those two do you think, which new UGA assistant will put together the best position class in 2025? You can go, uh, well, I guess you can kind of look in a lot of ways. You could also go Traveris Robinson. you got you to include T-Rob in there as well. you got to include Dante Williams in there as well. Or you can go with those news guys, new guys we just discussed. Uh, you can go with uh, G- James Coley or Josh Crawford of the new Georgia assistants. Remember, Georgia turned over four assistant coaching slots here in the, uh, since the 2023 season ended. Which one of new new UG assistant do you think will put together the best position class out of the new guys in the class of 2025? Anybody got an opinion? Anybody got a take? Love to see those in the comments section here on Before the Hedges. Uh, Brought to you by Kroger. Next up, guys, that was your big five. We put those five uh, to bed. Now let's move on to what we call, I think this week we called it the mac and cheese of our recruiting menu. Each and every week you got a stable, you got a stock. This is the stuff that you see each and every week. Checking out the class breakdown gives me a chance to just give you the big picture of the class, but also kind of really quickly uh, keep you up to date with everything that's going on there. Bo Walker, guys, you didn't know this, Bo knows baseball. Bo was a baseball player at Cedar Grove High School as well, and he was uh, he shared some video on social media this week of him actually jacking a few balls, trying to get high trajectory out coming out of the box. You know, Bo played baseball. Uh, Bo Walker hits from the right side for uh, Cedar Grove. Like I said earlier, I think he loves Georgia. He picked Georgia because he chose the school, not the coach, even though he really loved Dell McGee. Uh, I think that uh, commitment is pretty solid right there. Elias Williams and Ethan Barbour. We're going to have something coming up on Elias Williams on dognation.com in a couple of days as well. Just some reaction. I don't think we've done a proper job uh, in terms of making sure uh, you guys out there know what a find uh, Elias Williams is for Todd Hartley in the class of 2025. We talk about the man, Ethan Barbour, all the time, Uh, C.J. Wiley, his former high school teammate at Alpharetta, just simply called him a dog. Way he gets after it, physical fighter. Uh, way he got things done. Ethan Barber had, Barber had always been that way. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, there, Georgia still has just two commitments there. Justice Terry. It's funny, guys. I've been making the case for the last couple of weeks after seeing uh, Justice Terry at the Under Armour camp that he's probably in, probably no worse than the number two, number three prospect in the country walking. Even if the services, the ranking services don't reflect that yet, Justice can just be that good in the class of 2025 in Athens. We had him on our show last week. He discussed how he's still really solid with Georgia. What more could he ask for? But he's going to take his visits. I think Justice Terry would be a guy. Let's have some fun here. I'm going to see if I can, I can kind of have a little fun here with our boilerplate stuff each week. If I had to look at these five commitments right now, the five that I think would sign during a new early period, I think Bo Walker would. I think Justice Terry would. I think Perlotti would have some intrigue and probably want to take a couple more visits and kind of extend that out a little bit more. I think Elias Williams might wait, and I know Barbore would probably go ahead and sign with the Dogs. So just just thinking, you know, shooting from the hip right there, we were talking about the early signing period right there for Georgia and how that might change, how there might be a new early signing period in late June or early July kind of like late July is the best right before August hits and a lot of high school prospects shift their entire focus towards their senior years that to me would be a very good time to do it but um, pretty interesting Yeah, Georgia's got five commits right now and I think at least three of them would sign during an early period with the dogs as well right there uh, looking at the 2025 class where does this class shape up nationally right now? Right now the dogs are number eight nationally if you guys want to snapshot of kind of who's doing well. I try to do that every once in a while here because everybody's used to hearing me say Georgia's number one in the country and nobody really has a chance of catching them. Georgia had the number one class in the country for a while. They had For this cycle, they had a couple of decommitments that dropped them down to number eight. They've kind of been there for a while. The number one class in the country right now is held by Notre Dame. They've got a lot of uh, commitments already that kind of beefs up their cumulative score right there. And then you've got... LSU number two. LSU is doing great, by the way. LSU has three five-stars, and that's a banner year for LSU fans to kind of flex about. But you know, Georgia, Georgia just ha- already has two out of their five commitments, and it's really not a banner year at all for Georgia. Kind of pedestrian right now so far, and they have almost as many uh, five-stars committed as a really great trending surging class right now at LSU. LSU is really hitting home in the boot state really well. I believe out of the top ten prospects in the state of Louisiana, uh, LSU already has commitments from seven. So that's what LSU does when it's building together another powerhouse team. Georgia's all of their commitments right now are also on that same topic. From the Peach State, three of them are on offense, two of them are on defense. All five of them are in the SEC footprint, and they have three top 100 commits right there. Let's move forward from the snapshot, and let's take a look at the top targets. One of the things we try to do is we try to update it. Now, we mentioned earlier about running backs and no Dell McGee. To tell you how big I think that was for uh, Akylan Deer here in the Dogs. I had him number seven last week, but the loss of Dell McGee almost drops him off the top early targets list right now. I think Ole Miss probably becomes the team to beat. Also interesting to see how his national ranking after he showed out at the Under Armour camp Moved him up to the number two back in the country, I believe, for on three as well. You kind of see these guys right here, Jared Smith, Zion, Grady, Darren and Kennebon. Let's talk about Darren a little bit out of Hillside, New Jersey. He has got three unofficial visits set, and he is going to take his unofficial visit to Georgia, and he's going to have a wraparound unofficial right around G-Day after he sees a couple of other schools. I believe Penn State was one of those. And Darren already came out of his last visit to UGA Calling Georgia his leader, and you add it together with his official visit, he's going to give Georgia as well, and that's three of three visits he's going to give Georgia in the in the tw- in the first half of 2024. Georgia's already his leader, and he's going to take his official uh, he's going to take an unofficial visit around G Day, and then he's going to come back in uh, I believe early June, uh, late May for his uh, official visit for the dog. So kind of hard to put together a trending type recruit there than uh, Darren right there uh, out of New Jersey. That was really – Georgia really got into the ball there thanks to uh, Fran Brown as well. You heard from Isaiah Gibson right there. Really sounds like the team's there. He's going to give NC State a look, uh, but it sounds like Oklahoma, Oregon, Georgia, Clemson are the teams to watch there. Those are the official visits. He's got uh, Matt Zellers. And let's talk a little bit about Matt because Matt – Recently saw his rankings kind of skyrocket after everybody finally, I guess, kind of downloaded this huddle film and took a look at it. Uh, Matt Zellers is now a five-star on On3.com, and he's actually rated on their industry ranking and on some composites higher than Julian Juju Lewis. That's how good that junior tape was for Matt Zellers out of Metro Northern uh, Pennsylvania right there. You heard from Josh Petty earlier in the show. If you, if you missed it, I encourage you to go back to it. It's not often we can talk about 400 grams of protein per day and 7,000 calories, but we have that with Josh Petty who's only going to miss about six to eight weeks after suffering a hip fracture as well during the finals of the state tournament. That's number eight through 14. Let's take a look at one through seven, looks like, here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Julian Lewis, the USC commitment right there. He's going to visit Georgia. He's going to visit... Colorado, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, and USC. I believe in the month of uh, in the months of uh, March and April. Uh, I've been told that those are all unofficial visits there for Julian. Uh, this, let's see where this thing goes there with Juju and Georgia. Obviously, uh, reclassified. He's going to be uh, 16 years of age uh, most of the season. He'll turn 17. Excuse me. He'll turn 17 <clears throat> in the month of. Uh, in the in the middle of his junior middle of his new senior year, which was his junior year um, there. Juan Gaston Jr., Georgia's getting his a first official. Uh, Tennessee, Oregon to the other schools, he's looking at hard there. South Carolina's also going to get an official. Cortez Smith, the uh, easiest, closest thing to say is I've thought that Cortez Smith can be like another Cedric von Prawn Granger for a very long time, probably since early sophomore year after I saw him as a thirteen year old starting against Marietta High for Parkview High School. Travis Smith, Jr., he said Coley reached out to him. We had a story about that on dognation.com and said he was the priority uh, wide receiver for Coley. He wants him bad in the class. It sounds like Travis told me that uh, he's going to do – he knows Coach Coley will be great for the offense in Athens. Zayden Walker, the five-star linebacker. Miami is the school you hear with him, but Georgia has really been recruiting him hard for a very long time. Elijah Griffin uh, going to take another visit back to Georgia, I believe, next month as well to see the dogs at the start of their spring practice, and David Sanders Jr. out of Providence Day in Charlotte rounds out the group right there. Uh, David is a remarkable prospect. We thought we've discussed his wares a lot here on Before the Hedges as well. Still holding on as the number one offensive tackle in the country and also the number one top early target for Georgia for 2025. Give us about another month and we can shed that top early targets right now. And now last week our show was so busy. We didn't get a chance to go to just off the list and to me those are the guys that you'll find. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. We're going to show about 10 names here. Don't be surprised if 3 or 4 of these names at least don't wind up bulldogs when all said and done. Uh Anquan Newboy Feegans out of Thompson High School interesting there. Bryce Davis, really that decision, I think, is going to come down to Clemson, Georgia, and North Carolina. Those are the officials he's had set right there. Another edge. You Talk about the names right there for Georgia at edge. you got to include Bryce Davis in there as well, one of the four or five targets that Georgia really likes there for Coach Uzo Deribe. I'd look for them to get maybe two of those five. I want to stop on this name right here, Dante Fulton out of Worth County. Now, you got to know your Georgia High School Association brackets. you got to know Georgia High School football to know where Sylvester George is at. Dante, big played Fulton. He has no off – excuse me, he has off. He has no rankings. He has no stars. But he has a helicopter. And what I mean by that, meaning a helicopter, is Kirby Smart landed the helicopter at Worth County High School. Uh, he hears from Georgia a lot. He's heard from New Georgia – running backs coach Josh Crawford a lot as well. Look at Dante Fulton. He is a super high jumper, a great athlete. I think he's six five, six six right now on the high jump. Uh, he had incredible stats his last two years at Worth County. Again, he is a rising senior. He kind of checks the profile of a Georgia guy. But let me let me tell you, let's see if I can jump onto my screen and pull up some notes right here. I want to tell you a little bit about Deontay Fulworth. Let's Let's look at what he did last couple of years in uh, his career. He had last year, love this line right here, 88 catches, 1,283 yards, 16 touchdowns. That was his junior year. Sophomore year, 61 catches, 910 yards, and 11 touchdowns. He has 27 touchdowns right now. He's going to visit Georgia in the month of March. When it happens, I bet that offer comes because it sounds like the guys in the building really love his film. They kind of were telling him they were bragging about to each other about how good that film looked right there for Dante. Big play Tay Fulton out of Worth County right there. That's a name to watch at receiver. You want to talk about how Georgia wins at receiver? Well, they find a guy like Deontay Fulton in the state of Georgia who's got the films, got the athleticism, can really move as well. Um, you know, we, talk about, we talked about C.J. Wiley earlier in the year. Uh, C.J.'s like 6'4", 196. Dante Fulton is not that type of guy. He's about six feet, one, about 160, 70 pounds soaking wet, but he can create separation. And you look at his film, we're going to explore that in the coming weeks. His, 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 his quarterback is literally just throwing the ball to a spot and saying, you know what, I'm just going to chuck it. I know Dante will get there to it. Uh, Christian Garrett, Prince Avenue Christian, really like that defensive lineman. Christian Gass out of Eastside High School as well as another edge to look at right there. Got another board here of just off the list. I know we spent a lot of time there on Davis and Fulton, but I want to tell those, tell those stories. Ty Jackson right here on 3.com. This is a guy that's been on just off the list for me for probably the last month. He's got Georgia in his top 10. On 3 just reevaluated his film they kicked the tires on it. They moved him up to the number one linebacker in the cover in the in the country. You want to talk about a guy that can cover, a guy that can run around in space and make plays. That's Ty Jackson. And I'm not going to pronounce uh the uh, hometown right there of Ty Jackson until I'm really sure how I can pronounce it without sounding like an imbecile right now here on Before the Hedges. Usmani Kromod, that's another guy that, man, Georgia's gonna be find it really hard pressed to rebuild the relationship there to kind of kind of come off. Come, come from outside the top two maybe with Uzmani Chroma right there. Ryan Montgomery is going to keep visiting. He's going to visit Florida. He's going to, he's going to visit uh, South Carolina again as well after he gets through this high school basketball season. Um, trying to figure out, you know, Ryan's the type of guy that's probably going to look at the things and go, what's going to happen with Julian? What's going to happen with Matt Zellers? And where would he stack in there with Georgia as well? We had C.J. Wiley on our show earlier today. He had a great Dog Nation conversation as well here on Before the Hedges. That's your just off the list. Got to also mention Eric Winters there, really special linebacker as well. Big athlete, big competitor out of Enterprise, Alabama. He's also high school teammates with the five-star edge, Zion Grady as well. There you go, guys. That has been Before the Hedges. That has been your top targets. Love telling stories like that about a guy like Deontay, big play Tay Fulton, guys with no no offer yet from Georgia. But it feel, re- really feels like that's coming. It really feels like, you know, the phone's ringing right now. Sometimes i got to remember to make sure it stays on silent during a broadcast. But that's what happens when you're a working reporter trying to put together a show like this and forgot the silent button. When you remember everything else, I apologize for that disturbance. Speaking of, guys, it has been another before the hedges. If You had 400 calories per night. You had second dinner on your before the hedges bingo card. You were doing really well. Uh, here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Guys, we laid it out for you. We had three more conversations. We had top targets list. Guys, that has been your intel, all of it. I'm Jeff Centel. We'll see you guys again later on the pages of dognation.com as Cortez Real, King James for Real, takes us out.
2: Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So George, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere the way they handle business. Education it's important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life.